0: Real quick, before we get started, I want to share a free resource I have to help you get better outcomes for your clients. The Visceral Referral Cheat Sheet will teach you the connection between common musculoskeletal pains and movement dysfunction and the associated visceral organs. Using this cheat sheet will allow you to make sure no stone is left unturned when creating a true whole body treatment plan of care that will get you great results for your clients. Head on over to Unreal. ResultsPod.com to download your free cheat sheet today or click on the link in the show notes. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of the Unreal Results Podcast. I'm recording this early morning before I catch a flight. First flight of the regular season for football. So what do I want to talk about? Today, we're talking about sciatica. So it might be one of the number one things that I get asked from General Pop. Um, yeah, it's probably the number one thing I get asked from General Pop in my DMs. Of like, hey, I have sciatica. Nobody can help it. Or I haven't found anything to help. Can you help? And so I wanted to talk about it. Um so I could help you help your patients and um, also because there can be a smarter approach to it and it also relates to hamstring strains I see in my athletes a lot. So I'll probably end up talking a little bit about both, but maybe end up doing a separate episode on the hamstring and hamstring strains for my um athletes and people who work with athletes, um, just to cover a little bit more of the hamstring mechanics and things like that too. So um, what do I want to say with sciatica? So sciatica, I feel like is kind of one of those junk terms that doesn't really mean much other than where the pain's at. And so, and even then it's like not even that clear because sciatica can be pain only in your around your hip, like wrapping around your hips. It can be down the leg. It can be down the entire leg to the foot. Um, it can be just in the hamstring. Um, there is a lot of spots that you can have pain and the pain can be just tightness feeling. The pain can be numbness and tingling. The pain can just be like burning, which is a fairly common one. Um, but in general, It refers to the area or areas that the sciatic nerve innervates. And I'm going to like, I hate it. So whenever I say sciatic nerve, if you look at my face, I probably cringe a little bit because there is no such thing as a sciatic nerve. The sciatic nerve um, is commonly, what's commonly referred to the sciatic nerve, but it's actually two nerves in one sheath. Um, sometimes in some people, there is not a sheath around it. And so it ends up being just two nerves. Sorry, I'm putting my do not disturb on the message from my driver that he's on the way. P.S. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast, but number one best thing I've ever done for myself, business and personal, is finding a personal driver for airport pickups, airport drop-offs, um, you know, whenever you would need an Uber or a Lyft. So, um, anyways, that is a complete side note. I don't even know. I'll, well, I'll keep it in the podcast, but do yourself a favor. Find a driver a transportation service if you utilize, uh, uh, a, a lot to, um. Make it safer and more enjoyable. All right, back to podcast. So I was saying this, there's no such thing as a sciatic nerve. It's two nerves, commonly one sheath. Sometimes it doesn't even have a sheath, so then it's just two nerves that run alongside of each other. They come from the same root level and like trunk. So we learned in we learned at brachial plexus, the relationship of like the different parts of the brachial plexus, right? From the the roots to the trunks to the divisions to the, you know, the branches, those kind of things, right? Um, cords is one of them. Well, in the lumbar plexus and in the sacral plexus, you have similar relationships, but they're not quite as like delineated as the brachial plexus. But the sciatic nerve is a good example of this. The sciatic nerve is the two nerves, so the common peroneal nerve and the tibial nerve. Those two nerves come from the lumbosacral trunk. The lumbosacral trunk is the very thick part of the nerve that originates or comes from the roots of the lumbar and sacral plexus, which is where the tibial nerve roots and the common peroneal nerve roots come from. So Um, goes from those nerve roots, which are the nerve roots of, I believe it's L3, L4, L5, S1, and form the lumbosacral trunk. And then that lumbosacral trunk continues into the posterior hip and is sometimes within a sheath, but you can see two separate nerves and those travel down together in the back of the thigh. And, um, don't really split apart until the knee. And that is why they're sometimes more referred to as sciatic nerve up there. But at the end of the day, it's helpful to know that that's not a different nerve. Um, that is two nerves, common peroneal nerve and the tibial nerve. So, um, the most well, now no, let's talk about it. So we talked about how sciatica, the diagnosis or the label, is kind of a junk term for pain or numbness, tingling, burning down your leg. Now there can be multiple spots of entrapment or irritation to these nerves that cause these symptoms. And so part of the challenge with people is figuring out where on the entire pathway, the tension or the irritation or entrapment is coming from. So you can treat there as opposed to just treating the symptoms in the leg. So um, the areas that can be causing problems creating sciatica or sciatic nerve symptoms are going to be in your cranium all the way up in your cranium. Remember, the nervous system is all one huge piece, right? They're not separate parts. They're all attached. They're attached. Our peripheral nerves are attached to our central nervous system. Our central nervous system is our brain and our spinal cord and its containers. So the cranium, the um, cranial, you know, the facial bones and the cranial bones, the cranial base bones, and then the spinal column, spinal cord, the dura between those bony structures and the um, nervous tissue. And then the peripheral nerves are the nerve roots and then the trunks and the divisions and the cords and the branches. So, you can have tension up in the cranium, in the dura and the meninges of the cranium for various reasons. Um. That tension in the central nervous system, the body, the entire central nervous system tries to alleviate the tension and so side bends to the side of the tension. And then that creates extra stretch or extra elongation of the peripheral nerves on the opposite side. The nerves in general, peripheral nerves, do not like to be overstretched or elongated or compressed, right? So most of the time symptoms are happening if it's getting overstretched or if it's getting compressed or a combination of overstretched and compression at the same time. So that's one of the first spots that can be an issue is the central nervous system at the cranium. Another spot that can be an issue is the central nervous system in the spinal column. There's multiple spots in the spinal column, typically at the transition zones between sections of uh, vertebrae. So at the cervicothoracic junction, the thoracolumbar junction, and then also at the apex of each curve. So at like T6 and at L3 and even a little bit sometimes at like C4, C3, at those apexes, typically the the spinal cord, the area that the spinal cord goes through, the vertebral foramen narrows, and there's a tendency for there to be compression on the spinal cord at those levels naturally. And so sometimes if we have a big fulcrum at those apexes, we can add to the tension, we can add to the compression of the central nervous system and like limit the degree of which it can slide and glide within the container, which is then going to put the peripheral nerves in a position of having, again, too much length overstretch or over elongation. The next place that we can have a compression, or entrapment, is at the nerve root area. The nerve root compression can be from disc herniations. It can be from stenosis due to um, osteophytes and arthritis in the spine and the facet joints and the neural frame is basically the space where the nerve comes out. That area can be causing entrapment, okay? And um, then... Now, we're finally in the periphery. Now, there are multiple spots within the peripheral, in this case, leg, right, within the lower limb that we can get impingement or entrapment of the tibial nerve, common perineal nerve or their sheath. The most classic spot um, first is where it comes out behind the SI joint um, where the piriformis is that nerve in some people goes underneath the piriformis and some people go splits in the middle of the piriformis and in some goes on top of the piriformis. The people whose nerve goes underneath the piriformis and splits the piriformis, those people are more prone to entrapment in that area and getting sciatica, which is actually called piriformis syndrome. And so that again can be pain just in the hip or it can be down the leg all the way into the foot. So, some other areas of entrapment is as the nerve comes down, curves down from that piriformis area and goes through the groove between the greater trochanter and the sits bone, um, sort of like the, not the sciatic notch of the pelvis, but just sort of there's a sciatic notch that the tissues form. That is another area that can create some tensions that overstretch the sciatic nerve laterally, like it pulls it to lateral. And so that's a common area that I end up treating. And then as we come further down the leg, the next spot that's common for the entrapment is right where that sciatic nerve or the, the, that, those two nerves come together, sort of come a little bit more superficial as the hamstrings split apart and we come to the top of the popliteal space. So that's about five fingers of your patients, five patient fingers above the middle of the posterior knee joint. So that's a really common area to feel tightness. Um, And that is, again, like something is getting, it's almost like the nerve or the sheath is getting snagged up between those two spots or right at that spot. And then again, in the, um, as Now the um, nerves come into the popliteal space. That space in general can get congested and cause some entrapment in that area as well. And then that's where they split. And then the two nerves become sort of their own uh, a little bit more. Like they pull apart from each other a little bit more to the tibial nerve and common perineal nerve. And the common perineal nerve has some entrapments around the tib-fib proximal tib fib joint, um, and then just within the low leg compartments itself, which I've talked about. I talked about in the fibula podcast and I talked about in the soleus podcast. And so those are great ones to listen to too. So that further down entrapment can cause some sciatic symptoms as well, though most commonly the things that cause more of the true sciatica are going to be the um, spots higher up. And I talked about how this relates to hamstring strains in my athletes or hamstring tightness in my athletes or a low-grade hamstring strain that never seems to get better, which is probably the most common thing I see. Um, This is so often an entrapment of the peripheral nerves. And um, it also will set you up for a hamstring pull because if you're going through a motion that might put these nerves on even more stretch or increase the compression and stretch, then the body would rather tear a muscle than tear a nerve. And so the body tightens up to check that range of motion. And that's when the hamstring grabs and sometimes pulls and creates an actual um disruption in the muscular tissue like you have an actual hamstring strain because it was protecting the nerve because the nerve wasn't gliding and sliding very well within its containers and so this so often is what it's from but just like with sciatica in this hamstring scenario i have to figure out where along this nervous system chain is the problem coming from so one of the ways i figure it out is well I'm, <laughs> What, what One of the ways I figure out is using the LTAP, so the locator test assessment protocol that I've created to figure out where the body wants to start because it will often point to this primary area of where the nerves are getting irritated. And with that said, it made me realize, yeah, hey, I didn't even talk about the visceral piece. So there's so many things in the viscera that can cause irritation to the nerves, the, the lumbar sacral plexus. As the nerves co- nerve roots come out of the uh, spine and go into the bowl of the pelvis before they leave to the lower limb, they can be irritated by a sigmoid colon that is um, impacted or congested or um, the vascular structures that are providing um blood flow to and from the lower part of the digestive system and the urogenital organs. Again, if there's any sort of lymphatic backup or congestion, venous congestion, that can be very irritating to the sciatic nerve. The kidneys, um, as the kidneys, as gravity sort of takes over and the kidneys can sort of start to fall a little bit, um, they can start irritating the lumbar plexus, which the lumbar plexus and the sacral plexus, which make up sciatic nerve, they they again they're anastomose. And so sometimes we can even get sciatica from lumbar plexus irritation. Um and then the rest of the urogenital organs is and again all of those nerves in that pelvic bowl, they can be irritated and um have adverse tension applied to them or compression applied to them from visceral inflammation, from visceral um, adhesions or visceral torsions that might happen in those areas. And so this again we have to figure out is it nervous system or is it viscera? And if it's nervous system, is it central nervous system or peripheral nervous system or a combination of the two? So the LTAP helps us figure that out. The um, specifically the first two tests of the LTAP help to determine if it's visceral or central nervous system, and then the fifth test of the LTAP helps us figure out where the peripheral nerve entrapment is. Another test I sometimes like to do to really sort of filter out, is this peripheral or is it more central, is a um, lower limb nerve tension test that I learned from Michael Shacklock in his neurodynamics class. It is a seated slump test with a double leg move. So you you go into a traditional slump test and you find, you know, the range of motion that elicits the tension. You confirm that there is a neurodynamic nature to it with the cervical flexion piece. And then you have the patient or you have someone assist you in straightening out or, or elongating the opposite leg. And if the symptoms decrease, that's indicative of the the neural tension becoming from more of central at the nerve root or um, spinal cord area uh, location. Because what happens is when you lengthen the peripheral nerves on one side, what's supposed to happen is the whole spinal cord, drops down in the canal a little bit, which frees the nerve roots and gives them even more space as they come out the neural foramen. Instead of coming higher up, you could see how there'd be a pincher point, like a pinch, an impingement point. So, If that's happening, then you take the other leg and it helps to pull the spinal cord down even more and it frees up that nerve as it curves around and exits the neural foramen and the symptoms decrease. And so that's very indicative of a central nervous system issue at the spinal level of the central nervous system. And so then that helps me direct my treatment to the spinal segments and to the central nervous system more than the peripheral nervous system. Now, often we have two going on. And then that's, again, why the LTAP is so great is because after I free up that central nervous system standpoint, I have a way to sort of ask the body and be like, hey, how much has that helped? Is there still something going on here? Is there another, is there a visceral piece? Because the visceral piece is going to be more on the peripheral nervous system. And then, or is it a peripheral nervous system actually in the limb causing some sort of entrapment. And we, I, I find that area using the pulses to guide me, uh, using pulses as an inhibition test, uh, which is included in the LTAP as well. So I rely on the LTAP quite a bit to help direct me where to go to find these areas of entrapment, compression, irritation, adverse tension. And it frees things up really well. Now, in the case of there being a disc herniation or some sort of I- internal disc issue that is causing the compression on the um, on the nerve root too, this again is going to be more part of the central nervous system pattern. And so then I can use my skills as a clinician to assess discs to be like, is this going on? And then lead me down that path of treatment. And so um, it's really helpful to understand all these pieces because most of the time people are like, I've tried everything. And what have they tried? Stretching their hips. And with that said too, the other thing to think about with the lower extremity and with the upper extremity too, peripheral nerves, not only are they all attached to the central nervous system and have a relationship of how it tensions and things, but I like, I tell my patients, I like to think of the sciatic nerve or the, the peripheral nerves of the low extremity being kind of like a steering wheel. As one side lengthens, the other one needs to be able to glide up, right? There's only so much slack that we have in our peripheral nervous system. And so both sides need to work together. So sometimes what I see too is these symptoms on the side that is stretching too much not because it's not gliding or it's entrapped somewhere, but because the other side is stuck and it's not going to glide up. And so the, that um, ipsilateral side has to ex- elongate too much. So then it's like, look at the other leg. Where is the entrapment having in the other leg? The When we look at the body as a whole whole organism, there's no longer a right and left side. It is all one organism. So let's stop thinking about right and left, and start appreciating that they interact together. And so more times than not, if you've truly tried everything, if you've tried central nervous system stuff, you tried this stuff, you've tried treating perform- piriformis syndrome, you've tried the hamstring area, you've done all the things in that leg, go to the other leg. It's probably the other leg. So sometimes we get so focused on the leg that hurts, we f- we don't even think about how the other side could be driving it. So that's a lot. I hope you uh, can appreciate that it's a lot because we are one organism when we have to appreciate all the areas that could be irritating these nerves, causing these symptoms. So first understanding the anatomy and that the sciatic nerve doesn't exist. And then understanding all of the possible points um, that can create tension, compression, irritation, and having a way to figure out where to start. And, you know, in the absence of having learned the tap yet, you can simply just start one place at a time and see if symptoms shift. Um, it might take you more treatments than it will take me, but still, again, don't stick with a treatment if it's not making a change. It shouldn't take weeks and weeks of treatment. It, you should figure it out. Within a few sessions, doesn't mean you necessarily have to like totally take their pain to zero in a few sessions, but you should have a good idea of where the driver is and have a good clear path of how to help the patient. So um, with that said, um, if you want to learn the LTAP, I have I, I offer it twice a year, um, usually in the spring and in the fall. So the fall in the United States is coming up. And um, so that means the the next round of the LTAP is coming up. We start October 2nd. It's a six-week course, or you can come do it in person with me in San Diego in the two-day in-person course in November, November 18th and 19th. So um, I hope you'll look into it. I hope you'll join me. If you have any questions, please let me know. And I hope this um, podcast was helpful for you because I know it's a huge issue that a lot of people deal with. So I'll link the podcasts I mentioned and I'll try to find some social media posts or YouTube videos or Vimeo videos I have. Also um, providing some insight for you and maybe some treatment strategies. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day.